0: Oh hi, I'm your host Kyle Brownrigg, and welcome to Best Actress, discussing Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress Oscar Wins, Who We Feel Should Have Won, and Why. Oh my god!
1: Thank you so much. So here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a supporting role. Viola Davis, Fences. Naomi Harris, Moonlight Nicole Kidman, Lion Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea And the Oscar goes
0: to Viola Davis Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Actress. Today I am joined by Susan Wasek, a producer, performer, director of Wasek Productions, a Toronto-based theatre production company for artists in theatre, music, and comedy. Uh, And Susan is also the creator and producer of a uh, variety show, BFF Variety Hour. Uh, Welcome, Susan. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good. I am surviving. I am using this as a distraction. Um, <laughs> I am, yeah, just flying in on a wing and a prayer right now, like mentally with this lockdown. I know that because you're Toronto based, you're also trapped. Um, but you actually, because you're you don't you're not from Toronto. I know that you're not from Toronto, but you recently spent some time. Like, was it in the country, or you were at like your parents' house, or where was that?
1: Oh boy. Uh, that was a small town called Yarker, Ontario. It's oh, wow. uh, it's near Napanee, mm, Kingston for the scholars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just in the middle of nowhere, though. Like There's a corner store. That's it. I said to my mom, oh, is there a pub a restaurant that people would go to during normal times? And she goes, no, that's just the corner store. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's just the hustle and bustle of the downtown core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, that's that's crazy. So I wanted to ask you, though, about the BFF Variety Hour. So um, I know that you were doing it virtual for a little bit. And then I know there was like a little bit of a hiatus. So what is the status of the BFF Variety Hour show?
1: Yeah, it's still on a bit of a hiatus. Um, I love doing that show live and uh, doing it online. It's just not the same for me. I'm, yep. I'm so much a producer of live entertainment. That's my mm-hmm. thing. It's what I love to do. So um, it's on a hiatus. I, I did a, a holiday show as well, um, but I, I have some upcoming projects, a fun little secret project that I'm going to announce soon. So um, I'm trying to just refocus my energy a bit when it comes to um, producing things when we don't have um, live entertainment happening.
0: Oh, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I know. Like my, (laughs) literally, like when this this lockdown first happened, um, it was like everything. My whole life and my career was just gone, like overnight. And then uh, in the summer, things kind of were coming back a little bit or like we could do, you know, like garden shows and um, backyard shows. Those, like, it's not the same thing, but, you know, it's something. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we went back into another lockdown in October. And like it's yeah, I truly find it so difficult to find motivation um, to do things or to create or to because the thing is, is, especially for me as a stand up comedian, like my livelihood and my writing is based on my experiences in this world where if my only experience is me being at home all the time because we're ordered to be at home, I got nothing to write about.
1: Oh my gosh, I was so worried about what comedy shows will look like, especially open mics after this is over, because everyone's going to have the same jokes.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, and that's the thing is I, I have done some things for TV in 2020, and the producers all requested that it is, was, they call it evergreen, which means that you can just at any time watch it and it can be about anything, and they're specifically not wanting any material to be about COVID.
1: Oh, I love that so much. One of the few shows I got to produce when things kind of reopened for a second.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I remember uh, Selma Hindi who is a comic that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came on the show and she goes, is it OK if I don't do pandemic material? And I'm like, please, God, <laughs> don't do pandemic material. I love yeah. you so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I actually whenever I have whenever we could perform, I would always say that I'd be like, hey, like, I don't want to talk about the pandemic because we're all fucking sick and tired of hearing about it. Right. And it always got a round of applause. People are sick of it. We're all sick mm-hmm. of it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So this year we will be discussing uh, Viola Davis for the movie Fences. This m- this year had so much controversy, real controversy, gay controversy. When I say gay controversy, I mean like award show controversy. <laughs> um, so this year, the award show year is uh 2017 you know this is the the famous year when Faye Dunaway and Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty got the 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 movie wrong for movie of the year and it was actually Moonlight but they said La La Land and Warren Beatty fully made it like Faye Dunaway's fault because he was like I'm not reading that (laughs) um so Best Picture went to Moonlight Best Supporting Actor went to Mahershala Ali uh, best director went to Damien Chazelle for La La Land. I always find that very interesting when best picture and best director aren't the same movie. Cause it's like almost the same thing. Yeah, uh, they always best...
1: usually line up.
0: Yeah. It, I find that. How could it, I find that very weird? But anyway, uh, best actor went to Casey Affleck and I <clears> understand that he had two or three sexual assault allegations against him in 2010 and I maybe I misread the article, but like they didn't go anywhere or it, it didn't settle. And it, it was all like he said, she said, and I don't really know like what the status of it is. But he allegedly was like really problematic on set like in 2010. And when he won this Oscar, it kind of like tainted his win a little bit. And um, uh, I don't I don't know the details of that. So I'm not really going to get into it. But I will just say if we're just basing. His looks in question. Holy fucking shit. Casey Affleck was so sexy in uh, that movie. I was like, yes, daddy. And uh, best actress went to Emma Stone for La La Land. Mm Mm-hmm. So also if you have anything to add about that Casey Affleck thing please do. I don't really know the details of that but I understand that yeah there was like sexual assault allegations against him and I'm not quite sure what the details are so unless I know the details I don't want to like misspeak but yeah I Vermont I understand it was fucked up.
1: Honestly, I I remember reading about it and honestly I've I've forgotten most of the details, but it's one of those things that I read was like cool, don't like him anymore and just mm-hmm. moved on and kind of forgot about him until I had to rewatch this movie. Um <laughs> (laughs) And it's so funny that you're like, "Mm, he's so hot because I was watching the movie and I'm sure it was tainted by what happened. But I was like, God, he kind of looks like he would sexually assault you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm going to get canceled for saying this. But if he if he was sexually harassing me, I don't think I'd be suing him. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just knew you were going to say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he uh, he's he's just damaged enough for me. I'm like, okay, bring it on um so this was a very interesting year because this was kind of the year of category fraud like up the yin yang because oh my gosh i mean we'll really get into it when we start talking about viola davis but um little quick little preview uh she was a lead she wasn't supporting but you know (laughs) we'll we'll get into that but also at the same time you know um also at the same time like when uh, Meryl Streep was nominated for The Devil Wears Prada, she was totally a supporting role. She's oh, a leading yeah. actress of, like all of course, but I'm just saying like that was not a lead role. That was a supporting role. Yeah. But you know category category fraud is is a thing that a lot of actors do to increase their chances and the thing is, is that you know Viola was fantastic in this movie, uh but in my opinion was she uh, a supporting actor? I don't really know about that. But there's so many things that we have to cover here. And there's so many uh, places that we have to go to. So before we even get into it, because um, I I know that you wanted to do this year. And um, I just have to ask, uh, why did you pick, like, the most depressing year of all time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, my roommate was dragging me for this also. She was like, why are you rewatching 2017 they're so sad yes. except like hidden figures is probably the least sad but it still has its moments mm-hmm. but I just remember being so moved by um this season and of course it's probably because it's so emotional
0: mm-hmm. but
1: my experience in 2017 started with me seeing moonlight because i'd I'd heard a lot of hype before it was nominated Mm -hmm. i was like god this movie looks just beautiful i want to see it so much and it just like catapulted me into obsession with film this year Mm -hmm. so 2017 i was like invested oh man like we do an oscar bet with my friends every year and i was like i went the hardest for this year
0: oh did you win Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, All right. Well, that is a really great jumping off point then. Let's talk about Nomi Harris in Moonlight. So uh, this is a Best Picture winner with one of the lowest budgets of all time. I think it is second in history. Um, now know me here. Okay. So moonlight, if you have never seen the movie moonlight, uh, do yourself a favor and check it out because it's actually probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. The first time that I saw this movie, honestly, I didn't, I, I didn't watch it in the way that I watched it this time around. And I don't know if that's actually because of the fact that like, we really have to be more aware of, um, social issues especially regarding people of color and how difficult it can be for them and in 2017 I wasn't as aware of things as I became last summer you know for example and watching the movie Moonlight Now with a with a bit of a, a bit more knowledge I think that it really proves that really educating yourself on these kinds of things, checking your privilege and being more aware of issues, especially when it comes to people of color is so incredibly important to the human experience and as a human being moonlight oh my god so basically it's a story of what it's like to not only be a boy what it's like to be a black boy and what it's like to be a black boy who is also gay Mm -hmm. and there is so much going on it's so beautifully written it's so beautifully acted it's done in three parts where it's sort of like he's the little baby and then he's kind of like a teenager and then he's like this (laughs) really hot black stallion
1: He's so hot. Oh, God. <laughs> I
0: know. I'm like, mm, daddy. Like, I take him over Casey Affleck. How about that?
1: <laughs> okay, then I can get on board with that. <laughs>
0: okay, like 100%. Um, now, Nomi, Nomi Harris, uh, this was very interesting for her because she was uh, coming off of the James Bond franchise, and she uh, actually, because there was a problem with her visa, had to shoot this movie, like the entire role, um, and she's in all three parts of the the movie, um, in three days.
1: Wow. That honestly, I didn't know that. And that really adds to it for me.
0: I think so too. So Naomi Harris is the mother who ultimately has a, uh, drug problem. Mahershala Ali is her drug dealer, which is the ironic part because Mahershala, it plays the supporting role to the boy Mm -hmm. and he's only in the movie for 20 minutes and he won an Oscar, which I think that's brilliant. But Nomi is a very complicated woman, and this is a story that is, um, you know, a a drug addicted individual who um, has children and has to raise their children in this kind of life. You know, this is something, a problem that the black community faces, and to see it, um, I, 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 to see it, and to see how real this kind of performance was. You know, it's very hard to watch because it's 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 something that happens and it's something that you have to 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 you have to watch this and see these kinds of stories because they're important to watch because it's it's very dark, but it's very true. And these things actually do happen. Nomi Harris plays the mother and um, in the end, she kind of just has to apologize for the things that she's done and it just has permanently affected her relationship with her son. What did you think about this movie, Susan? What did you think about Naomi Harris in this role?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I loved this movie. I remember going into it and not knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahershala Ali was giving like a an interview about it, and he just basically said, "Go see it. Don't don't look up any synopsis. Just see the film." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I'll listen to you because I'm in love with you." <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I was blown away. It was so moving and. Um, I think such an important aspect of the gay experience that we as queer people, as queer white people don't get to see or think about. Um, and then, oh, Naomi Harris. Oh my God. She was <laughs> so good. And what was amazing to me is she was not really on screen a lot, mm-hmm. um, but the development of her character in this, y- you get introduced to her and you can see, she just seems like a, a pleasant, busy mom. Um, and then just seeing that, escalate and get darker and then her sort of redeem herself at the end like it, she does it so well mm-hmm. and you you really want to root for her and ugh, I just it was so moving
0: well the the only thing that I'm gonna disagree with you there was just when you said that she was sort of this pleasant busy mom because the first little the first time that you even see her like she doesn't she bring the the kid into the house and then um like she punishes him and being like, well, you can't uh, watch TV right now or something. And then she like, doesn't she like say that she's busy that night because she's like going out with that guy that she always like does drugs with.
1: Well, I think though, what I'm talking about is like the first moment that you see her, you see her in what looks like scrubs. So you think like maybe she's a nurse right? and she's like this hardworking single mom. She's so like, you can, see that she's sunny even though she's still disciplining him Uh and that like she appears to be like a really good mom and she's so concerned because her son went missing all night and she was probably my interpretation is she was up all night worried about him looking for him Mm -hmm. um so of course like being like no tv and giving him a punishment i totally agreed with and then when she takes that turn so quickly into like oh she's going out and oh maybe she's not a responsible mom it was surprising because of the face that you first see Mm -hmm. and, and the impression that she leaves when she first enters the scene
0: i think that her character is supposed to kind of demonstrate like she is a woman just trying to make the most that she can of a very bad situation and i think that the subject matter of the film really maintains the truth of the characters because no matter how unflattering or likable it was it was part of the scene and and it was like, this is the reality of this movie's world. And uh, I think that that is kind of part of the movie's brilliance. I think one of my favorite scenes is whenever Mahershala is like, he rips her out of the car and is like, you have a kid, you can't do this, like blah, blah, blah. And she's literally like, who the fuck are you to judge me when you're the one that's selling me the Mm -hmm. drugs like literally fuck you
1: oh it's so powerful and like you don't even know who to be mad at in that scene you're just kind mm-hmm. of mad at both of them I love that like, though yeah. yeah you're like you know what she makes a good point and you can't go in here with some like superhero complex acting like you're gonna be a better father to her son when <laughs> she is literally getting her drugs from you
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a part that although a part that obviously this is a very dark heavy movie a part that legitimately like legitimately like made me laugh out loud was whenever whenever, um, this is when he's younger, uh, the main character, he's younger and he goes over to Mahershala's house and Janelle Monet is like uh, his girlfriend or wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the little boy is like, you know, what's a faggot? And then the boy, or and then Mahershala is like, well, it's just a, a, a word that people use to make gay people feel bad. And then he's like, you really shouldn't ever use that word. And then he pauses and he's like, unless and then, and then he looks
1: like, like no, no. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> she's like Mm-mm, no we're not no we don't do that <laughs> yeah oh my god no that
1: scene is so good um <laughs> also the scene that sort of leads up to that where you see naomi harris's character like yelling something at her son and you can't see what it is mm-hmm. um and it turns out that that that's what she's calling him that's what she's yelling at him
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. no i I've, I've seen that word yelled at me since I was a kid. So that mm. mouthing, there was no unmistaking what that was. Uh, I, she, you really see, um, also I do want you to correct me. Am I, I thought her name was Nomi Harris or is it Naomi Harris? I thought it
1: was Naomi cause it's like N-A-O.
0: Oh. And N-O. oh. I
1: don't know. Uh, to me that's okay. Naomi, but I could be wrong.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start saying Naomi then. Okay. So, um. Or apologies if we're both saying it wrong, yeah. uh, but I do know that throughout the throughout the film, you know, um, uh, you really see her physical change, and I think that that's what really makes the um, the performance so powerful because she mentally matches where she should be in each scene. I think that she really nailed this performance. I think that for me, her big Oscar moment is in the third act when. Uh, that guy, when he's older, he, the main character, when he's older, he goes to visit her and she is clean now, but obviously uh, you can physically see the toll that the drugs has taken on her body over the years and um, how she just admits to her son, you know, she's messed up, that she's sorry, um, and then she's shaking so much that she can't even like light her cigarette. And just like the reality and the truth that she really brought to that scene like like bitch i was crying like it was
1: weeping
0: yeah i know i know
1: you can tell how layered her apology to chiron is it's Mm -hmm. like i'm not just sorry for being addicted to drugs it's like i'm sorry for treating you a certain way because you're gay it's like i'm sorry for like everything and and you can feel all of that in her apology Mm -hmm. um even though it's it's subtle but you're just you're like oh It's all coming out now.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, when whatever she's trying to get the money from him uh, that uh, Janelle gave him.
1: Oh, my God. That's such a heartbreaking scene.
0: Yeah, that there were there were definitely moments in this movie where it was just like, oh, my God, like even talking about like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like it was like, oh, my God, like it's it's difficult to watch. But it also is because like the way that I I love the way that you said that about like Mahershala and um, with. Uh, Naomi Harris it was like whenever they're like you shouldn't be doing drugs she's like well you shouldn't be selling it to me so you're kind of like, ah, like who do I I don't know who to agree with here like it's it's a very complicated script and these are very complicated characters
1: mm-hmm. I will also say Naomi Harris and I cannot say this for some of the other um one of the other supporting actress <laughs> nominees um her ability to age and it looked naturally on on camera like yeah. she I felt that she was truly those ages and it didn't feel like she was wearing too much makeup or had a bad wig
0: mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> a bad wig we'll get
0: to that <laughs> oh, we'll um, get to that I know exactly what you're you talking, that, about. What talking about
1: but um no with Naomi there was none of that and that's even more baffling that she filmed this in three days because i'm like you literally aged decades (laughs) in three days and made it look so natural and and when her health you could see when her health was doing poorly and when it was doing better you could see that as well Mm -hmm. the physicality of it was incredible
0: um okay so i think that we for time's sake should move on unless Mm -hmm. there's anything else that you would like to add
1: no, no, no. I could talk okay.
0: about that. But... <laughs> okay, so um let us talk about the wig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let us talk about Nicole Kidman oh, Lion with her little Annie wig. Uh oh. If you have never seen this movie, um, then you've never cried for two hours straight.
1: Uh, this this movie, film <laughs> wrecked me.
0: I know <laughs> the, it, these movies are just get progressively just stab you in the heart more and more and more. Yeah. So, um, so I, I also saved uh, Hidden Figures for the last one because I was like, I knew that you need a palate cleanser, you know. Yes, so and the 100. movie Lion. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So the movie Lion is the true story about a a little Indian boy that got separated from his family that lived in a very small village, accidentally got on a train, ended up thousands of miles away from where he actually lived. And because he got lost, got put into an orphanage, and then he becomes adopted by um, Nicole Kidman and her wig. And and, uh, when the boy grows up, um, when the boy grows up, uh, he goes back and finds her oh my god the first time I saw this movie I was crying for two hours the second time I saw this movie I was crying for two hours it is an incredible film but Jesus get the Kleenex ready like you have to be ready for it
1: oh god yes this was my third rewatch in preparation for this podcast and Mm -hmm. I was like how can I weep this hard again
0: I know oh uh, i mean it's uh it's one of those things where it, because it's based on a true story you can't just like lie to yourself and be like oh it's it's just a movie they're just actors
1: yeah you're like oh and then they show after the footage of like the real guy and i'm like oh god
0: i know and then also this is another example by the way of um not for nicole kidman but for dev patel uh who uh played the older uh little boy uh uh, Dev Patel was nominated for a best supporting actor. He went supporting because he thought that it would increase his chances. Dev was definitely um, a lead in this movie, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I mean, I guess you got to do whatever it is that you got to do to get nominated. Uh, in real life, Nicole Kidman actually has two adopted children, so I can kind of see how she would connect with this material. And um, I just love Nicole Kidman. I love her. I think she has such great range. I watched um, To Die For the other day. I loved her in that. Like, she's just so good in this movie. She always plays like a mother so well. And obviously, because she had two adopted children that lended to this role, it was very real for me. Um, what did you think about? what? Did, okay, what did you think?
1: Um, Obviously, the film in its entirety, it's it was my favorite film that season. Mm -hmm. Um, Moonlight was also like a close second. Mm -hmm. Moonlight, I was like, Moonlight's going to win all the things. Mm -hmm. But Lion just got me so hard Mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: so beautifully done. And I really do like Nicole Kidman in this role. I honestly, I know we're kidding about it, but I think her downfall was the damn wigs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And it's, it's like distracting. And I will bit. say the thing that frustrates me, not to jump ahead too much, but when you see the end of the film, they show photos of the real family. Mm-hmm. And... I understand why they wigged Nicole Kidman the way they did because it looks like the same hairstyles this mother had, but the father was bald in real life and they gave the actor who played the father a full head of hair. So I'm like, why did we why did we have to give her that hair or why didn't we bald this other guy? Like this is ridiculous.
0: That is so funny. I didn't even know that's amazing.
1: Like, we Um. didn't need to give her the Annie wigs (laughs) She didn't need... She could have just had her, like, blonde hair. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing is, is this for Nicole Kidman, it does obviously come down to a couple scenes because she does kind of choose to play a mother with a very quiet strength because she has to. Mm -hmm. Um, But clearly, the other other adopted brother that comes in at one point that, like, hits himself and has that tick and obviously is, like, mentally, like, not well... um, he has so much pain and she can't do anything about it, but she has to remain strong for her kids. And um, apparently the, not apparently, but the actual mother uh, said that Nicole Kidman played it absolutely perfectly. And I think that as an actor, I think that's like kind of the highest compliment that you can get.
1: Oh, you literally don't need an Oscar. That is definitely the highest compliment you can get. I think that's so beautiful that she actually approved of the, the interpretation Nicole put on it
0: i think that um i think that also one of the things that i really thought was a little weird about it was that um in real life the mother went to the village to meet the birth mother that th- that the child got separated from but mm-hmm. in the movie it was just dev patel which i I don't know. Maybe I don't know why they did that. Maybe because they wanted the character to like just the the emotional journey of the character to be complete, like without Nicole Kidman. I'm not sure. But I I thought that was kind of an interesting choice.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought that and maybe I'm wrong because I don't know all the facts about the story. But I thought that um, Saru, Dev's character, I thought that he went to the village by himself first and then and then returned later with his mom. But I'm not sure if that's true.
0: I also, you are so good at remembering characters' names because you remember Tyrone and you also remember Saru and I literally, I'm like, I'm, I'm like the kid, Death Patel, you know.
1: It's Chiron, <laughs> but you, you're doing great. Oh, Chiron, <laughs> see, I got it wrong.
0: I got it wrong again. See, oh God, I, I'm so bad at remembering character names. It's, I need to stop smoking so much weed. Um, But I, you know, Nicole Kidman, she's so wonderful. I mean, I love that. I love the, I think my favorite monologue though is is uh, when she's like, I could have had kids. Uh, we oh, yes. chose not to because we wanted the two of you in our lives, and she explains why she wanted to adopt um, uh, uh, children. And it's it, like again, I was already crying for two hours, but then I was like crying even, crying even yeah. more because her character has to be so unselfish, and she she needs to tell, um, she has to tell her kid. You know, it's like your 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 birth mother. She needs to see how beautiful you are, and it's just like oh my god, like it's oh, it yeah. was a lot. It I
1: love, I love that um, monologue. I think it's so beautiful because here her son comes feeling sorry for her, being like, "I'm so sorry that you couldn't have kids and you couldn't do better than us." And she's like, "That wasn't what the situation was." <laughs> she's, at like,
0: all. she's like, yeah, right. "Whoa, like, whoa,
1: whoa, don't, mm, no, nothing wrong with this uterus. <laughs> I actually could have. I chose this life." Um, but I think it's so beautiful. I'm actually, I have a, as far as I know, fully functioning uterus, and I don't want to birth children i want to adopt kids so i think that's why this yeah i think that's why this movie hits me so hard because i'm like i totally get where she's coming from and Mm -hmm. my mom is fully like why wouldn't you just have kids i'm like because there's kids that need Mm -hmm. somewhere to be there's kids that need homes and that's just like i think the best thing that you could do is is adopt kids i mean obviously for for some people they don't have a choice but i'm like i would rather so (laughs) this monologue (laughs) Yes, me.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent, and that's that's so brilliant. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I, I, think, I, I think that she was kind of a brief but necessary part to Cheru's story and mm-hmm. life, and I thought it was beautifully acted, and I, I loved it, loved it, loved it.
1: I think what I really liked too, that sort of set her apart from the other nominees, was, um, it wasn't like a a big loud dramatic scene. It was just like a very quiet, intense conversation, and I I thought that was, it was so well done because, of course, you can be, like, crying and screaming, and those scenes always get nominated for Oscars, but mm-hmm. just the the intensity that she had was so beautiful, and she didn't need to increase her volume to get her message across. It was just there.
0: That is a very, that's very true. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a a better wig but otherwise
1: <laughs> yeah better wig please <laughs> please uh
0: okay so let's talk about Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures so um okay, okay. here we go Here's here we go the...
1: oh god you we go. are gonna
0: I... <laughs> have... <laughs> we are going to have okay I feel like this is going to piss... Whoever is listening to this, I feel like this is going to piss somebody off. (laughs) I am just going to say it, and please feel free to disagree with me. I would love, love to hear your take on this. I would love for you to educate me. I want to listen. I'm just going to say, I do not get why she was nominated for this movie. Go.
1: (laughs) I... Agree. I thought she was great. I mm-hmm. thought she was Octavia. I did not mm-hmm. dislike her performance. Mm-hmm. But when you're giving me Taraji P Henson and you're giving me Janelle Monae yep. and they're mm-hmm. giving me all of that, yep. and you're like Octavia gets the nom. I and I wonder if maybe the other two were up for leading actress and then they didn't right. get in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's got to be what happened. I just I thought she was lovely in this role, but. It didn't give me what I needed as much as Taraji and Taraji and uh, Janelle did. Like their roles were so much stronger and their their acting was so good. I don't know. I think that's why I was disappointed in this.
0: And that's the thing is it's not like she was unlikable. I loved whenever she kept like fighting for her girls and whenever they were like, well, IBM, they like need you to program it. And she's like, well, I can get my girls to do it. And then they like are all walking down the hall and you have this like big, beautiful moment. And the thing is, is again, I agree with you. I think that Octavia was like fighting for everybody. And I can understand why her character was so important and likable because it is based on a true story. But Mm -hmm. exactly like you're saying, literally like Janelle and Taraji were so much more interesting and... And um, fun and I was rooting for them. And if anything, if everybody is going category fraud this year, why couldn't <laughs> Taraji have gone supporting? I know!
1: I mean, I, we could argue, you know what, all three of them are supporting actresses in their film. We could argue that. And then we 100%. could have had those nominees because that made more sense to me octavia's character was important and -hmm. she played it very well but it her character was not as interesting as Mm -hmm. the other two women in this film
0: or present i actually clocked it in it was about an hour into the film and i actually wrote a note and i said i still haven't really seen her much in this movie
1: yeah and fair and i mean a lot you can say that about a lot of supporting actresses Mm -hmm. but usually if they're not in the film a lot you get that scene that's like that powerful scene
0: and And i was i was waiting for it i was
1: waiting for it too like taraji had that one where she's um complaining about the about the bathroom situation and the coffee situation and like that Mm -hmm. scene is so powerful and i was like Mm -hmm. okay so do we have something of equal weight from octavia no
0: Mm-hmm. No, 100 percent. Also, um, in real life, uh, it wasn't Taraji's character that had to run across the campus to use the colored people's bathroom. It was actually Octavia Spencer's character.
1: Well, I took that away from her. What's that about?
0: <laughs> I know. It's I don't, I don't know. Um, but the thing that was very interesting for this script and for this movie for Hidden Figures was that um, – I think a lot of people watch movies thinking that they're documentaries, which obviously not. And um, a lot of the actual racial discrimination was greatly exaggerated. There actually was a separate um, coffee canister that actually was true, but a lot of the like whole, um, you know, every single, cause every single time that like any person of color would speak in this movie, it was like every white person would go silent and stare at them. Like they'd Mm -hmm. all turn their heads and stare at them that is obviously used as like a device in the movie to demonstrate that it was like very uncomfortable and very difficult and scary to speak your mind and, I think that's that was a that was a, a director's choice, um, and uh, it is very uncomfortable to watch, but uncomfortable in an, in a good way. Do you know what I mean by that? Where it's sort of like, yeah, like that was literally a reality of a lot of fucking people, and frankly, we're not like we're 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 farther away from that, but like we're not as far away from that kind of problematic behavior as we can be. You know oh, what I for mean? For sure.
1: I mean, like, I've never worked for NASA, so I can't right. <laughs> touch on what the conditions were for there decades ago. But uh, no, I'm sure that they probably used a lot of what was happening in society as a whole uh-huh. um, to to further the storytelling and, and further the the storytelling of, of what the Black experience was then. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, those exaggerations, uh, if those were exaggerations, I, I'm like, warranted, please. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and yeah. Janelle was kind of, like, popping around in, like, a lot of these films, and uh, so was uh, Mahershala.
1: Yes, and I was thrilled because I have such the hots for both of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, they're so
1: attractive. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah I Janelle is so uh, stunning, and I, I love her and everything she does. Same with Mahershala, so I was thrilled to see them in two films. Oh, my God.
0: Well, do you know comedian Dave Mahersh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave is on the show... Um, uh Rami mm-hmm. and Mahershala is on that show like mm-hmm. with Dave and like mm-hmm. he I was like wait a minute I was like oh you worked with her and I like literally would not stop talking to him about Mahershala Ali he's like can you get away from me please <laughs> no um, I would
1: die I would die if I met him my my roommates like you never shut up about him <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's no he's yeah he's a babe for sure mm-hmm. Um, but talking about this movie, you know, Octavia Spencer, she did have her moments. I think that my favorite moment was when she stole the book from the library and then her kids were like, oh my gosh, mommy, like you took the book. And she's like, I pay my taxes and therefore I paid for this book because if you're like thinking about it it's like oh my god that's so true because if there was like a colored people section for the library and you're paying taxes that benefits like everybody including white people Mm. why shouldn't you be able to use the facilities or the resources that you are actually paying for and i was like fuck yeah i'm like fuck i like octavia spencer in that moment i loved that little like she snapped and she was like i pay my taxes i bought this book and you're like True, fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, no that was a that was a great scene and I think that was the closest that she sort of had to like a big moment in this film. Yeah. Um and it was still and it was really well done. Um mm-hmm. just again not really at the same sort of level as the other two, but I oh, still so good. That's the thing is like even though I disagree with her being nominated over the other two, I'm still like, "Oh, I loved her in this movie." <laughs>
0: she was she was great I also really loved whenever she walked in and the two guys couldn't figure out how to get that like IBM like <laughs> yeah. computer happening and then she just comes in and she's like oh well this is in the wrong place and she just fixes <laughs> yeah. it immediately I thought oh, that was God. funny
1: there's nothing I love more than like a woman doing something a man can't uh you know in times when women shouldn't right and right right being, yeah like, with some attitude <laughs> being like, oh you couldn't figure it out hmm what like it's hard
0: yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that what like it's hard I love that little L Woods action I love mm-hmm. that um I'll also uh completely side out not to anybody's performance but wow I realized that I love a crisp fresh piece of chalk
1: oh my goodness I have never <laughs> seen cleaner cleaner chalkboards and I was like wow do I want to put a chalkboard in my room oh, no no I,
0: was, <laughs> hmm. I was like I'm enjoying this a lot actually Um, So something very controversial that happened this awards season that is just uh, so indicative of do better is not one, but two people referred to this Best Supporting Actress uh, category referred to the movie as... hidden Hidden fences fences. Mm -hmm. so jenna bush Hager from nbc's today show correspondent said to pharrell williams because he was nominated for hidden figures for best original song and she was like so you're nominated for hidden fences and it's just like oh bitch and uh michael keaton also whenever they were listening up the nominations at the golden globes when they were handing out the friggin award um he said fences correctly to viola davis's performance when he got to octavia spencer he said hidden fences
1: And this is the thing, this is what black people mean when they say white people are racist, all white people are racist. Mm -hmm. Because those people, they're like, oops, it was a mistake. And I'm like, no, because in your mind, you grouped Mm -hmm. those films together because they were about about the black experience.
0: 100%. I mean, this is uh, not the same thing in terms of color, but when I was... um... I had just graduated uh, college and I was working in a call center because I needed to make like some fast money because I was completely broke. Been there. And, and of course. <laughs> and uh, I had a manager that um, uh, there was another gay guy that was on the team and he and I like kind of became friends. His name was Isaac. And uh, my, my manager used to call me Isaac and call Isaac Kyle. Mm and we corrected him called him out on it and then after a while we kind of just like we're like accepting like okay i guess this is just like how it's gonna be and you know what like but this was this was this was like 10 years ago and i know that doesn't seem like that long ago but like the world really was a different place 10 years ago especially like socially and I remember just being like that's offensive right like just cuz you're grouping us together cuz we're gay anyway then um we ended up getting him fired our whole team ended up getting him fired because he started saying like really racist things to the people of color on the team as well mm. and then like we all got brought into this like HR like well what what happened blah blah, blah. anyway he got fired like a week later but this type of really problematic behavior and like confusing and lumping things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens all the time. And people are maybe not aware of it, but it's literally like, wake the fuck up, pay attention to you. It's like the they, them situation where people are like, oh, it's so hard for me to try to remember they, them. It's like, so all you have to do is just think. You just have to think before you speak.
1: God, yes. This is like my biggest thing. When I was a kid, as I'm sure most children, you were taught to think before you speak. And I don't know why nobody can figure it out. I don't always think of the most appropriate thing to say. And you know what? (laughs) I take a second and think about it and then don't say it. Like you Uh just have to use your brain for a second. I, I don't know why it's so hard, especially... When you're doing, you're getting paid to do a job. Like these, this reporter, for instance, who was like, "Oh, hidden fences." I'm like, think, just use your. Th- you're yeah. getting paid to do this.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Even if you or if you can't remember, hold a stupid binder with like, a, or a clipboard in front of you, like just. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating because it really it, it diminished two very important films because uh-huh. people were like, oh, they're both the black films. It's like, no, that's absolutely not. <laughs> they're it is diminishing, different. Yeah. Yeah, it's it so, is diminishing. Yeah, it is diminishing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, OK, so let's talk about Michelle Williams in Manchester by the sea. Mm-hmm. So, again, another downer. This is the movie about <laughs> a man who is traumatized by his stupid actions because he accidentally killed his two young children, two young daughters, and Michelle Williams is, was the mother of the children. She survived. He got her out in time because uh, the house was caught on fire, and he got her out, and basically the story is about their life and the trauma that they have endured and, and how uh, Casey Affleck, his brother died again. It's just such a downer. Everyone's dying. And then Casey Affleck brothers, a, br- a brother dies. And then he legally has to, um, uh, become the guardian of, uh, his nephew, who's like mm-hmm. his brother's son. And it's like, and it's a, it's an emotional journey about like, you know, bringing him back to being human. And, um, it is, Oh my god! Like there's everything in this movie. There's there's suicide. There's there's death. There's post traumatic stress. Just like there there. It is again. (laughs) This is a downer year, and this was I think probably the most downer. So Michelle Williams, you see her before uh, the the tragic accident, and then you see her after, and she's trying to get on with her life, and she gets she gets married again, and she has a a baby, and then like she runs into Casey Affleck at one point cause he comes back to town and in town he's like notoriously like the piece of shit. And then like she runs into him and then she, oh my God, like I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even, as I'm saying this, I'm like getting, I'm like getting emotional talking about it because it's like, sometimes there are things that people go through that you just can't get past it, yes. but you oh. still love them, but mm-hmm. you cannot get past it and i i've had that i've had that before with someone like a romantic thing where you can't get past something that happened and but you still love the person so that that scene was not necessarily like triggering but like i completely understood where michelle williams character was coming from mm-hmm. in in the in the in the romantic sense not losing your children obviously
1: right but no, it's, it's so, it's hard to watch because I think that obviously not the the losing your kids part, but the, that is a relatable thing for a lot of people. The idea of loving someone so much, but not being able to get past a traumatic event that you shared. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. thing is, even though he was at fault, it was still an accident mm-hmm. and, and just they can't get past it and they're both hurting and it's so sad. Oh mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I know. I, th- there were it was it was one of those things where she wasn't really in the movie a lot but every time that she was i couldn't take my eyes off of her it was like she really i thought she was perfect for the role um it was like a really really dark dawson's creek episode (laughs) and i think that she nailed the accent and um i think that she really shone in in this type of role a couple of highlights was um And again, this is really fucked up, but again, it was so real. It was like instant tears was when she's screaming, my kids are in there and she's shrieking, being pulled away. Mm -hmm. And she's like trying to fight back and she's like hysterical and. Oh, my God, like, yeah, that scene was was like, oh, like just like a knife through your heart, so hard to watch um and then i'm gonna say something that i thought was funny because it, it again this is so dark i need to like bring it up for a bit i <laughs> thought it was so funny when she came downstairs when all the guys are being so fucking loud at like two in the morning and yes. they're drunk and the kids are trying to sleep and she's like she's like what the shut the fuck up and then <laughs> they're like laughing and she's like i am not joking she's like that the fuck out of my house it was Amazing because you don't want to I know what it's like when like you don't want to be the buzzkill of the party, but literally like shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of my house. I love that. She stood her gun. I thought that was funny.
1: Oh, my God. No, I I love that so much. Um, Those both those scenes. Honestly, I were two of my favorites. It's um, a lot of the times you look at the scene where there was that dramatic moment, like the monologue. And so that's that interaction she has with Casey Affleck's character later on. Mm -hmm. But for me, those two scenes were the biggest and especially the scene where there's the fire and she's screaming for her kids that was like Oscar moment for me that was so powerful Mm -hmm. and she harnessed so much pain and I was like oh my god it's real
0: I know it uh I think um I think though that something that uh about Manchester by the sea um so uh where this movie was actually shot it's interesting because the way that they tell the story it's from a very kind of blue collar kind of kind of perspective and type of character story but manchester by the sea the actual town is like a rich high society area so Mm. people that actually lived there thought that that was kind of a little a little weird um and yeah um and uh also uh the band in the movie whose only lyric is i i i i i i think they need to work on their act just a little bit um (laughs) also uh um whenever he whenever you find out um because he lights a fire to keep the house warm because he can't have the furnace on because she has like a weird like breathing problem Mm -hmm. so then he like lights a fire but he didn't put the cover over it and then that's how the log rolled out and the house ignited in flames um i actually uh was was like uh, that kind of freaked me out a little bit because i uh like okay have you ever gotten drunk and, like, did something really dangerous and, like, passed out, fell asleep or something like that? For sure. Like, have sure. you ever woken up in it? Because I, one time, I do not even ask me why, was in a complete blackout. I was at home and I was like, oh, my God, I need to clean the oven right now. No. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I, turn, I I know. I I hit clean. I hit the clean button, and then when you clean the oven, it has to do it for like four hours. Yes. So then I passed out, and I went to bed, and I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning to not like a a a like a smoke detector going off or anything like that, but like the oven was like beeping and wouldn't stop beeping. It was so loud, and I was like I was like panicking, and I was like still kind of drunk. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, and I went into the uh, I went into the kitchen. I like turned. I turned off the oven and then I had to like wipe out all the crap at the bottom. And I, I woke up the next day being like, I could have fucking burnt the fucking house down. Like yes. I could. have And and that's the thing is that, that kind of like, have you ever done something like that? <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. First off, I'm going to segue this into, I don't know if you watch the saddest tv on tv show on um television right now um this is us um spoiler yeah, alert you like sad anyone. things
0: what is this
1: you know what i i, I uh, we're working through it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're through it in therapy um this is us spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't watched the first season like get fucked it's been on forever um Fair. the the house burns down and the dad dies and Oof. the way that the house burns down is because a slow cooker was plugged in and it was the wiring was bad and I before that had to worry about those kind of appliances that you're supposed to just keep on and leave like I don't like slow cookers they stress me out Um, because I'm like I don't want to leave an appliance heating up in my house and then leave the house so if I have a slow cooker on I'm there but one time oh my god we had a lot of parties um when I was in college at my house and we had this like carnival themed party because this guy we knew had a bunch of random things from his parents, like a cotton candy machine and a popcorn oh. maker and a hot dog roller. You know, like the ones you see yeah. at. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and we got super drunk and left those hot dogs rolling all night. And I remember oh waking God. up at like seven a.m. You know when you get that like immediate wake up when you're drunk. Yeah, it's like too early, and you're like, I'm just gonna pee and get water. Yeah. Um, I walked in the kitchen to get water, and I was like, they were like blistered the hot dogs oh, and i was like no. oh god oh god oh god oh, i could have burnt the house down i was so stressed out about it because i didn't even think about it yeah um so i yeah not as bad uh, as an oven cleaning but wow that stressed me out a lot
0: yeah oh my gosh um okay so going back to this 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 movie for a second here so mm-hmm. okay to michelle williams girl Why would you tell your ex-baby daddy, ex-husband that you are pregnant with a new child, with a man (laughs) that is not you, while he's trying to make funeral arrangements for his dead brother? Like, fuck you, Michelle Williams. Timing, okay? In the business, we call that timing. (laughs) Terrible
1: timing. Honestly, I'm like, I don't know what... Possessed her to do that in that moment. Um, <laughs> I would have liked it better if it had been written that he found out she was pregnant and maybe yeah. dealt with it like that. But why yeah. don't you tell him? That's yeah. so hurtful.
0: And the look on his face, I'm like, oh, like it was no, 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 no. Yeah. Also, you, do you remember whenever um, Rhode Island, the winner from uh, Miss Congeniality mm-hmm. and Casey Affleck were just like sitting in the living room, like listening to like their teenage like kids have and sex?
1: she's like, that you know where they are
0: yeah i was like like there's it's just like again not not sex shamey just like i don't want to know that my child is having sex if you have sex that's fine i just don't want (laughs) to actively know that you're doing it
1: and then like she went up to like cock block them she was like so sorry i know you're like fucking but i'm having an awkward time with your dad so can you just well not dad but guardian and i'm just like so sorry you literally went up and was like by the way i know you're having sex um but i can't let you have sex not because i think it's wrong but because it's too painful to sit in silence with this man i don't know
0: yeah i know (laughs) um okay so for me the highlight though really was just um when she apologizes to him for all of the things that she said to Casey Affleck about the, the accident and, and she's like, I should burn in hell for what I said. And then he's trying to be supportive to her. And then she's trying to be like, maybe we could go for lunch. And then he's like, I can't, I'm, I'm broken inside. And then she's she like, it, they like, I get, they just, they can't get past it. And, and mm-hmm. um you don't see stories like that. And I just thought that this was so wonderfully acted. It was so <laughs> hard to watch. And, um, it, it excellent performance from michelle williams excellent oh,
1: yeah. and she's excellent in even dawson's creek like she's yes. wonderful
0: <laughs> okay let us talk about our winner viola davis for fences i know that i already said this but this was in my opinion category fraud however I do not make the rules at the Academy Awards, so I'm just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. Um, <laughs> she actually won the Tony for Best Actress in 2010 for this role, and so did Denzel. So this was kind of like a reprise for both of them, except for this time it's in a movie format. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was uh, a similar type of movie. If you, uh, You've seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, right?
1: Oh, yeah, I loved it.
0: So it's a similar type of movie where it's like I'm very aware that I'm watching something that was based on a play very um monologue heavy very incredible acting if i'm being honest with you it's a little boring to watch because in my opinion because i'm such a visual person and i have really bad add for me uh, i the reason why i like to watch movie movies because i like the visual appeal of the medium of how we can kind of go anywhere this was kind of very much like you had a couple sets like a couple stages uh with like really heavy intense dialogue and um, really, really incredible acting. Um, Is it my favorite type of film? No, not really. Is the acting incredible? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I do think, though, that the thing about this movie, and this is why Viola Davis's character was so important to this, was because if you don't have her in this movie, it's basically just a two and a half hour drunk, angry, bitter monologue from Denzel Washington.
1: Oh, my God. His character is so unlikable. And I suppose yes. he's supposed to be. Yes. Um, but I'm just like, oh, God, you suck. You're so mean to your son. You don't care about your amazing wife. Like, oh, yes. God.
0: It He was... I think uh uh oh, who did the best I already said who did the best actor. I oh, went to Casey Affleck. Honestly, I think that Denzel cuz I know that he was nominated for best actor. If he would have won over Casey Affleck, I wouldn't I don't know if I would have argued with that. I think that Denzel was really really good in that movie as well. I love when somebody plays some someone unlikable. I think that mm-hmm. it is a very brave choice as an actor. Um but uh really, truly without Viola Davis, this movie is 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 nothing without her. So um, I uh, anybody if you have not seen the movie Fences, the fence is a metaphor to the bond of the family, which is why the entire movie it's it, it's all about building the fence. And then in the end, when Denzel dies, Um, the fence is built and he his death kind of actually brings them back together which is why his character was kind of necessary it's a very complicated story Mm -hmm. Um, it's based on a 1980 oh god 1988 Tony award-winning play and um, just talking about Viola Davis in this movie I love her signature runny nose crying I love when she finds out that denzel cheated on her and is having a baby and she goes through kind of like a roller coaster of emotions where she fucking loses it on him um and um you know trying to defend like her life and her choices and she's asking why he did this to her she's angry she's confused she's she's just sort of like everything in this and um the best line i think from her in this movie was when's my time to enjoy life
1: oh yes
0: um what okay what did what did you think?
1: well, obviously, the Snot scene is iconic yeah. um, that <laughs> is course. like that is what <laughs> made the movie for me. um, I would agree, so I'm of a theater background, so I'm allowed to say this. Mm-hmm. um, this is really more of a play for me like it I can mm-hmm. see this show does really well on stage because it's so dialogue driven. Um, When it translates to film, and they, I agree, don't add a lot of extra visual effect to it. It's just kind of like you're sitting watching people having a conversation. So I found it, the movie as a whole, pretty dull at moments. But then, of course, Viola just grabs me in that scene. And basically in every scene, um, Viola grabbed me. Like, she was so good. And, oh, yeah, just heartbreaking. Because, again, like, Denzel's character was so unlikable. And he's so selfish in that moment when he's like, oh, I'm having a, a child with another woman. And she's basically like, why did you do this? And he's like, well, she makes me like happy and have fun. And like, I'm like, sorry, Viola has given you everything. yeah, Everything. And yeah. her being able to just let loose on him, I was like, oh, please let him have it because he's being so selfish in this scene. And, and you need to give it to him.
0: <laughs> I, I love how... Um... You know, after after Denzel dies and um, her son comes back from the military and uh, he is basically like, I'm not going to my dad's funeral. And Viola defends him. And she, she is literally like, that is your father. And um, he tried his best. And the whole thing about her character was that she always kind of just saw through his bullshit and saw through all of the shit that he went through. And she understood that like he's just kind of the product of his environment and she saw the good inside of him. And I think that she was kind of the only one to see that inside of him. And um, oh, my God. Gabe, the like special needs brother is so cute. I loved him.
1: Honestly, that um, was the only redeeming quality in Denzel's characters was his relationship with his brother. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can tell that they've been through a lot. Yeah.
0: I think though that uh one the the one final thing that I am gonna say about um Viola Davis in this movie and just talking about like category fraud and stuff like that. In the movie Doubt, she was nominated for like the shortest performance <laughs> of all time. And yeah. then in fences, she like gets nominated for like the longest performance so she kind of has like a bit of creativity with this category and i i think that that is <laughs> i think that is kind of funny however i know i've said this already like 17 times this was a lead role this was not a supporting role because without viola Denzel's character and story is, it just doesn't make, like, the whole story doesn't work. She is the lead and she is the glue that is holding the story together. She's the female lead of the story, that's what I'm saying.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it made no sense that she was supporting, and like, is she in the movie less than Denzel? Sure, but it's it's still mm-hmm. a two, it's like a two and a half hour movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the okay? So is there anything else that you would like to add to this performance, or anything else sort of that you noticed, or are we are we good?
1: Um, no, I think I'm 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 good on that. I just I I think that she was really the best part of this film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, agree. I I honestly think I would have been bored without her
0: (laughs) uh I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you on that so I think that the time has come for us to select our winners so if you will do me the pleasure and go first and reveal who you think should have won
1: okay um I think the Oscar should have gone to Naomi Harris.
0: Okay, why?
1: Because you know what? I thought this before we started recording this podcast, I just thought her her portrayal was so powerful in what minimum uh screen time she had. But now even more so knowing that she filmed that in 3 days, I'm like, "You are an mm-hmm. actor. Like you mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're doing." It, it, when you think about hiring someone for a job and them doing the best job they can clearly she is that woman that you would hire to do the best job Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um I obviously Viola did amazing but Naomi for me it was there was more complexity um to her character Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um I just yeah I Naomi all the way
0: okay I love that I'm gonna go ahead and say so I think that the Oscar should have gone to Nomi Harris for Moonlight. And yeah, I I have to agree with you. The thing is, is, uh, in my opinion, uh, Viola Davis is the deserved winner in this category. However, I am not even entertaining the idea that she was a supporting role at all, considering (laughs) she won a Tony in 2010 for Best Lead Actress. So just because of that, I actually am disqualifying her from this category. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I'm fully just disc- because it, it is some BS right there. But um, I basically for me a really really close second for this was Michelle Williams because of that scene where they just can't get past what happened and she's apologizing and then he like you know leaves all that that scene to me for me was like okay give her the Oscar. But the reason why I'm picking um and again I don't I apologize times a thousand whether it's Naomi Harris or Nomi no- Harris. But um, the reason why I give it to her for Moonlight is because you see her journey in three stages. Mm -hmm. And you see her, as you kind of said, introduced in a way, because you're right, I did forget about the scrubs when you first see her, where she seems kind of responsible. And then throughout the movie, her life gets worse and worse and worse. She becomes uh, more verbally abusive. She becomes more desperate to get her fix. She is an extremely complicated person. She um in the end uh is trying to get her life together and make up for what happened to her but the thing is is at the end of the day at the heart of every addiction is pain and there was a reason why her life went the way that it did and you know we never really found out why that was exactly it just kind of was the way that it was in the story and she was frankly extremely unlikable and i think that to play that is a brave choice and i think that she played it perfectly and she did it in three days
1: that's crazy
0: And, um, yeah, I, I thought that was extremely, uh, not only, but, and and one last thing, I think it was a very powerful performance because I think that this is a reality for a lot of people. And I think that, um, these are stories that aren't told very often. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to her.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think too, I'm a little biased in that of these five films, Fences, I liked the least and Mm -hmm. Moonlight. It's so much easier to enjoy her performance in the film because it's not the only thing that I enjoyed about the film. <laughs> I
0: have to, I have to agree with you. Um, okay, well, uh, uh, Susan, thank you so much for doing this. We loved having you. Let me ask you, where can people find you on social media?
1: Oh yes, um, so you can follow me personally um, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Susan Wasek. Um, which I'm sure the spelling of my name will be in the <laughs> title of this podcast. Um, well, and then uh, you can also follow Wasic Productions, which uh, same as my last name. And that's where I post all my comedy stuff and anything I'm producing and where I've got some exciting stuff coming through soon. So keep out for that.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. We will have you back next time and stay safe during this lock it down. And uh, bye.
1: Bye.